Welcome to the Plant Spirit Podcast on connecting with plant consciousness and the healing wisdom of nature. I'm your host, Sarah Artemisia, and I am absolutely delighted to welcome our next guest to the show today. The Seed Sisters are Karen Lawton and Fiona Heckles, authors of the Sensory Herbal Handbook and founders of the Herbal Education Community Project, Sensory Solutions Herbal Evolution. They're creative activists and are on the lookout for novel ways to engage people to restore a relationship with the natural world. So Karen and Fiona, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank, thank you, you for having you. us. Yeah, we're really excited to be here. It's just so wonderful. And I, I'm such a big fan of your work. And I just love how you bring that connection with the plants, that embodied relationship, really into the lived experience with the plants. And so I'm thinking, let's just dive in. And I'd love to hear really what drives you in your work. So being driven, and we are extremely driven, it's, it's what gives us the push um, and the energy to just keep going day after day. And basically, it's rage. Um, we have a, a very, very deep anger at the state of the world and a, a rage at what is happening to nature specifically but to all species that are oppressed to all disempowered groups any form of oppression just fuels this rage and when we came together we started hanging out many years ago at university we realized we had this shared shared passion for change for wanting to see a really big shift in the status quo um, I'd come from protest movement, I'd been on the road protest since very early teens and witnessed um, just the travesties happening to ancient woodlands and ancient pieces of land on this relatively small island that we live on, just being carved up to build more and more motorways and bypasses. And the the state, when, when you look at the state of the world and you actually read the climate science, it is depressing. It is um, something that rips our hearts and our guts and our minds in pieces. And we know that by doing something positive together, we can transmute this rage. It was a, a pivotal moment. Um, there came a point where we where we just felt like if we if we lived in that anger, <laughs> it was going to take us down a certain path. And it was like we had to transmute it into something positive that we could do. And that's where that idea of creative activism comes from. It was like, how can we engage people to take more, pay more attention, to take more care? And our main idea was about connecting people back in with the herbs so that they want to protect their wild spaces, grow more herbs, learn about them, you know, and, and really there's so many spaces of wasteland and there's, there's so much can be done 
And at the, at the root of all of that was about education, teaching people how to pass on the knowledge they have. And, you know, through story was a really big way that we started to go about that, you know, that story tradition that's always held such wisdom within it. And the plants were these, these story keepers. So what we did was we went about setting up a community interest company, which is also known as a social enterprise here. And that was quite an interesting journey in itself because there was charities and kind of limited companies and, you know, neither really fit with what we were trying to do. And when we discovered this community interest company model, it was all about people, the planet and profit but the profit was for purpose, you know, so everything that is raised by the company is put back into creating and fulfilling the aims of it. And, you know, it was, it was really, it was really heartening to know that there is a legal business model that doesn't just focus on profit, actually. And so we went down that route and we've been, slowly working at building up being able to provide grants for the production and development of community medicine gardens and other other sort of offshoots of the work that we do um and we started talking at lots of different kinds of places so yoga conferences the psychedelic medicine conferences was a big one that we started to speak at And really, that's where we started talking a lot more openly about our journey with the so-called witching herbs or the herbs that have this. All herbs have the power to alter your consciousness. You know, we know that you can take elderflower tea and feel alive and special and altered vision states. But those ones that really shout loud that that here are known as the witching herbs, the, the poisons, the Solanaceae family. And uh, they, they've certainly got or had a lot of stigma around them historically. So, yeah, that's that's what drives us is, is wanting to educate and inform and switch it up a little bit. Yeah, so important. So, so important. And particularly, so you talked about that piece of like transmuting the energy, which that feels, I mean, to me, that's like so foundational in my own life's journey. And I think a lot of our um, listeners are really going to resonate with that as well. And then the other aspect that you just brought up about, you know, the Solanaceae family and really like it's a just these kind of, um, you know, the poisons and the witching herbs. And I'm curious, really, what has inspired your work? with these so-called poisons and witching herbs <laughs> the poisons well we're, we're both very lucky in the sense that we um, as as young teens we fell into the alternative subculture that exists here and the uk um, has this thriving subculture we have lots of fantastic music festivals green fairs there's great artists, poets, musicians all over. And we tapped into that world. And over the summer months, have moved around with the travelling community. And very much part of that is here we have loads and loads of magic mushrooms that come up in the autumn months. And psilocybin magic mushrooms is often, well, it was my doorway into the, the land of, 
of magical reality. And my son actually, when he when he first tripped on magic mushrooms, he phoned me up. He was living in Europe and he phoned me on his first trip from a payphone in a bar. And he said, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me that only a third of, what, of what's real is real? And it was in a, it's that kind of feeling when you discover there is this whole universe that is the, the, the kind of curtains are shut on and you get a peek into that world. And that world here comes with a tribe of incredible creatives and we've grown up within that community and the inspiration that is just knocked around in that community is awesome. And we called to the witching herbs. We were fascinated by them and we talked together about Datura and Henbane and Belladonna and Mandrake. And in these conversations, we summoned them up. A spell was cast because the henbane turned up. We had avocados in pots outside the front door and up popped the henbane and Datura self-seeded all over the garden. The belladonnas turned up and the mandrake too <laughs> and foxgloves. So these plants came to us and they whispered their secrets and they bled us deeper and deeper down the path with them. And it's it's interesting because as herbalists, you know, taught we were taught on a four year full time degree, um, very medicalized and scientific. All of these herbs, you know, we have access to within the herbalist materia medica. Um, so that list of herbs that you know that are defined by dosages and actions of the herbs. And we were being um taught about them for their very physical properties where there's a lot of spasm in the body so you know detura having more of an affinity with the lungs and you know the gut spasm or external um tremors like parkinsonian tremors for the belladonna and we were going out and you know developing witching ointment and and what we called it hallucinogenic lube and doing wanking rituals under the full moon and then going into the clinical setting and being taught how to use these same herbs in this that and the other way for very physical attributes and we just knew that as as herbalists there was this massive gap um that could be bridged with these herbs that's that um you know they've they've become very feared in clinical herbal settings because they've been put here in the UK you know on a register of restricted access which as herbalists you've you know you you have access to use those herbs for medicine but because they were on a list of restricted herbs they died out of use within the herbal community so herbalists that were trained beyond 2000 2002 weren't being taught by people that were using them regularly. And it was quite shocking. We went to do a talk on these herbs at a herbalist gathering. And out of 50 clinical herbalists that were there, there was only one other that was using any of these herbs. And that was only one of them and very rarely. And we were just like this, you know, we're on the brink of something really important here. Um, And 
it, it seemed like a massive travesty that this was happening while we had this sort of backlog of knowledge and um, information about the use of them, this experiences that we'd had of ways of preparing them and um, how you can keep the dosage within safe measures, but still get these amazing therapeutic effects with them. And, um, you know, you don't, you don't need really huge doses of these herbs to, to get these powerfully transformational effects, especially not when you use them in specific ways and with affirmation or even just growing them. Yeah. And I think you bring up such an important point there about how, um, and I've certainly experienced this as well, how a lot of times in the herbal community, there can be this very um, mental, I would say even like colonialistic approach to the herbs of like, what are your chemical constituents? Like, how can I use you kind of a thing? And what I hear is that in your work um, and just in your very core essence of your being that you are in such a deep relationship with the plants. And to me, that is such a spectrum of like, you know, as we go on the spectrum of medicine to magic, you know, where do you really see that line between medicine and magic in your work? Yeah, it's interesting the way you just brought up that kind of colonialist ideology that's stamped into into medicine and herbs have been herbalism is an art it's a craft and it is a science but it's all of these things and here in the UK we've got these degree courses at university so they're bachelor of science degree courses and in they're called in phytotherapy so it's all very very proper and the degree is incredibly science heavy and we understand why you know herbalism and herbalists come under attack from conservative scientists from the medical community and they've got to as a herbalist you have to hold your space and, and hold your value and there are some people that have been holding that space and working to set up these important degree courses and the kind of response to the attack is a more and more conservative face of medical herbalism. You know, when Fiona and I trained together, we were in a hospital. We were in the Whittington Hospital in North London and the herbal medicine clinic was in a wing of the hospital. And we had to go in and wear white coats and we presented as though we were doctors. We wore stethoscopes, white coats. Um, you know, I have a wood burner at home and we weren't allowed to smell of wood smoke. We weren't allowed to have colours in our hair or any facial piercings. It was um, very, very odd because, you know, I could never quite understand it at the time. I can see it was a reaction and it's a way of securing a university run modular course in herbalism but magic <laughs> there was no magic magic didn't exist and when you think of medicine when any of us think of what true medicine is what healing is what the plants are they are magic and medicine is so much about the practitioner being a guide being a support to whoever is seeking the medicine and you can guide through infinite realities and work in infinite ways, depending on your own personal skill and your relationship 
with whatever you're drawing that magical energy from in nature. And allopathic modern medicine is amazing for so many things. And people are fighting, for years they've been fighting to have an integration of herbalism in our own medical system here in the UK. And it is just this, and some people have managed to have integrated health clinics, which is wonderful. But it, within that integration, we've witnessed it just being pulled towards the conservatism. The, the plants speak to us and, you know, we have, we have this scientific knowledge because we've gone through the degree. I know, and Fiona knows all of the Latin names. We know the constituents. We understand the um, the medicalization of what's that language. It's another form of language, and it's really interesting. It's very, very right-brained, and I I love to read scientific articles. But when I'm out in the fields and in the woods and in the garden, the conversation I have with the plants doesn't include words like alkaloids, tannins, blah, 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 blah. None of those words. The, the conversation is um, a heartfelt, it's music, it's a song, it's a felt sensation. Um, I think you, Sarah, mentioned bliss. It is pure bliss and it's a deep knowing and uh, like a mutual love I love um, Robin Wall Kimmer. I think that's her proper name. I hope I, from Raiding Sweetgrass fame, she taught me the word reciprocity. And it is that felt sensation of reciprocity where the magic and the medicine conjoins for, for us. We had uh, an interesting one with all of these experiences that we were, that we have and that we can help to facilitate between people and plants within one-to-one work, you know, where there's a small group of people and workshops. And when we started doing more um, larger conferences and speaking to more people, we realised, you know, we couldn't give everyone a cup of tea to do a, a journey with or a tasting or, and we realised that all of our teachings we were bringing this theatrical element to it and this sense of embodying the plants or the seasons or, you know, some aspect of nature and, and through that bringing forth whatever it was that we felt nature or the plant in particular was telling us to their message was. And you know, in, in a lot of these conferences where it can sometimes go down that same route of, you know, this can do this, this is what we, have. so many participants experience this, that and the other, presenting um, different papers and we wanted people to be able to put down their pen and experience the plant in this, I'm calling it a magical, but basically where their imagination is sparked through this embodiment of the plants and 
and that being an inspiration for them to go out and then find their own stories and their own messages from the plants but having fun with it as well and having a laugh and bringing that kind of gregarious rebellious spirit into places to to wake it up and uh, you know nature's wild and crazy and there's so much going on in the out there you know and to try and put it into boxes where where it's got its place and we completely recognize that it was like just bring it and and see what happens on the back of that and through this kind of embodying of the characters and bringing poetry and the stories we can then kind of layer up the the science and you know all of the constituents and things that have have been looked at and say okay this might relate to this experience that we've had and it's kind of another way of expressing this but let's not forget this over here because they're they're intrinsic they're part of each other and you know the magic for us is about igniting the imagination when working with the plants and there's not really a firm divide between magic and the medicine it's like this dance where magic can lead to the medicine and the medicine can lead back to the magic and just mash it bring it together and and that way it can stay with people and touch them somewhere deeply where it might shift something or or inspire something and and that's that's the magic love that and and particularly that aspect that you two bring into your work of really encouraging people to have that very direct relationship with the plants is so, so mm-hmm. important. And I love also how you were sharing earlier that you literally set up your business as a social enterprise, which is fantastic. I also really studied social enterprises very extensively in grad school for that exact mm-hmm. reason of what you're talking about. Of like, yeah, it's, it's the triple bottom line. It's not, it's not about the economics. Like it's about the whole picture. And so I'm curious if you could tell us a little bit more about really where do you want to go with your mission and, and who do you want to reach? Hmm, yeah, we really want to give, we want to, to grow so that we can be a voice, a global voice for nature, for all of the plants. And we want to join with others on this same tip. You know, there's an incredible opportunity right now for change. We're at this point um, where the opportunity is there. It's for us to grasp. And the mainstream media that I'm listening to here in the UK, the more mainstream people are talking about this opportunity for change. Um, I've been listening to a podcast here in the UK a woman called Mary Portas, who's quite famous, she's on television, but she's talking about a kindness economy and she's interviewing bankers and economists and it's things that we've been talking about for years that they're starting to to listen. And we feel like this entire pandemic is a result of the overconsumption and the crazy growth model all these loss of habitats, which in turn knocks on and creates um, space for these zoonotic viruses, which are more and more prevalent. And, you know, it's it has forced us to all, as a global society, stop 
and people are thinking. And now is the point where we want to infect everyone with our passion for plants and especially the herbs. I found this brilliant quote. I'm going to read it um, when I was researching and thinking about this interview. And it's, um, it's by Terence McKenna. And he said, animals are something invented by plants to move seeds around. An extremely yang solution to a particular problem which they faced. And I love that. I just loved reading that and thinking that we've always said, B and I, plants are our ancestors. They are our ancestors. We are birthed from plants. In more recent years, when we attend medicinal, uh, medicinal mushroom conferences, you know, we can see that actually we're traced back much more aligned to the fungi. But I still believe that the plants created us and the fungi and plants are, um, are one in my head, which I can feel my colleagues screaming. <laughs> 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 we want to and we are going to and we are all doing. We want to inspire community medicine gardens in every community globally. We want to inspire horticulture, people coming together and growing food and medicine and supporting one another and having this unified connection to nature. And we really want to keep developing the ways that we can get that message out there because, you know, the, these platforms and, you know, the world has changed a lot in the last 20 years since we got going with all of this. And we also, we like having fun and playing and we're we really want to develop the theatre and the comedy more and and not feel held back by things we can and can't say and if you if you butter it all up if you sandwich it in humour you can get away with saying whatever you want and you can reach people in different ways and so yeah the the comedy and the the theatre aspect of it which for us is the is the magic as we spoke about earlier you know on a personal level is developing that more so that we can get this out there more because comedies are it's universal you know a feel laughing laughter medicine is is good <laughs> so yeah we want to do that too Oh yeah. And the plant, I totally feel that with the plants too. Oftentimes when, um, I am, you know, like working with the flower essence, journeying with the plant, they have, uh, they have a hilarious sense of humor. Like they are very playful and they, I mean, clearly they're very connected to purpose, but I feel like they understand this concept of, um, of Leela, of the divine play of existence. And so I love that you're tapping into that with your work and really feeling, yeah, totally. The full, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm curious to hear a little bit as well about how do plant spirits really support you in your life's work? Well, the plant spirits, they, they support our life's work. They're, they're there. The word spirit originates from breath, you know, Every single breath we take is in relationship with the plants. We literally inhale their exhalation and they inhale our exhalation. They give us this zest for life. You know, first thing that comes to mind when we were thinking about this was orgasms. So you mentioned that we, we wank with hallucinogenic lube that's something that the witching herbs have opened up and our academic research actually led us down this rabbit hole 
looking at the flying ointments of old and how those flying ointments were inserted. Um, I don't even want to say the word vagina. They were inserted up the cunt and or the anus and that's what gave rise to these feelings of flight. So we were just so happy to read that information and to be given permission to go away and create this hallucinogenic lube in in circle with people with the plants we've grown and harvested and we've been sitting in circle for the past 13 years creating these ointments and uh, what what more support support can you can you need than to be given orgasms by plants <laughs> Yeah, we do find that when we're doing work with plants and tasting them, we do often, we're like aphrodisiacs, you know, everyone else? No, just us? Oh, okay. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Because, yeah, there's that. But, you know, that kind of passion and sex and, um, you know, wonder, awe and wonder, it's kind of all a, a... a mix in there for us so yeah the plants in lots of different ways inspire us with awe and wonder but also with that passion and zest for life and uh yeah we we you know this this drama the poisons the witching herbs are are kind of a drama in themselves and this journey with them has been like being in the best theatre production ever. You know, it's taken us to all sorts of different places, you, you know, in our minds, connections in our hearts with other people and physically in the world. And it all starts with the plants appearing, collecting the seeds, growing them, you know, people then talking to us about them, seed sharing, you know, in a way that's kind of enough to tap into the magic of these herbs, to to watch the way that, I mean, they're so beautiful and mesmerising and the stink that the different ones have to them, those alkaloids and, you know, it's they're intoxicating just to look at, let alone when they start releasing their scents and, you know you can start there and and that connection with these herbs is you know that's always where we tell people to start with these plants because these plants aren't like magic mushrooms or other lots of other things where you can take huge doses of them and you might have a really hard time but you're not gonna die you know huge doses of these where they've been mistaken for other things I mean, it's extreme and it's actually more rare than you would think that it causes death, but it can certainly cause serious delirium that is hard to come back from. And, you know, we're not we're not being glib about any of this and saying go out and and do this. This is years and years of knowing these herbs, of of learning about them, of taking them, of growing them, of of making different remedies for them. And um, but we don't in any way want them to be, they've been actually torn up in different periods of time here in the seventies. And still now, you know, I'm constantly on social media, people going, it's blah, blah, it's deterred, pull it up straight away. It'll poison everybody. It's like, you don't say that about your foxgloves that grow 
on every hedgerow in the UK in the summer months, you know, which are far more cumulatively toxic than some of these herbs. But it's that misunderstanding and that misinterpretation. So observe the plants and tap into that heart space and that intuition and be with them and draw them and learn from the plants. Yeah. And that totally brings up for me this whole piece about, um, I mean, with every plant and particularly with the witching herbs that you both work with, it's like that aspect of the relationship piece. It's like anytime you're working with, you know, a Datura or something like that, like it, it's not like, oh, I'm taking this to get an effect. Like it's, that's not, that's not the way of the plants. The way of the plants is like being in relationship. And so I love how you're encouraging people to really drop in very embodied kind of a way, like observe the plant literally in the ground. What do you notice? Draw it, connect with it. You know, that this is a being, this is a living being. And particularly with the witching herbs, which are so, um, you know, the access to to the multidimensional experience is very present with them. It's like, that relationship can absolutely be approached in in a sense of play, delight, orgasm, all the things that you're talking about. And also that aspect of respect and reverence is so important. So, so I love that you brought that up. Um, And I'm curious too, you know, tell us where can we find out more about you and your work? So on our website, which is sensorysolutions.co.uk. And um, we've got an Instagram that I can't remember right now. Social <laughs> media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, all, of, all of the links, all of the links for our social media are on the website, on the bottom, <laughs> you know, with the little, you know, people know, people know what to do. Go on the website, scroll down, join us. <laughs> but also sign up for our newsletters as well, because, you know, we have, Sometimes we have guest people that are doing really interesting, good work, but we love sharing recipes and what we're up to and loads of information. There's about at least eight a year, sometimes more um, really beautiful, lovely newsletters. And we love getting those together for people. So, yeah, if you sign up to our newsletters on there, you can keep abreast of everything that we're doing and what's going on and other things besides as well so yeah sensorysolutions.co.uk <laughs> and he just we've got and he just went sensory solutions herbal evolution <laughs> love it is, is that how you two sign off on calls with each other yeah <laughs> yeah every day. oh my god that's amazing <laughs> Oh, love it. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. I just, yeah, like I said, such a big fan of your work and just so appreciate you being here. Oh, it's been so lovely. And, and, you know, to you as well, power to you for for doing it and listening to the plants when they told you what to do. You did it. Yeah. Good student of the plants. <laughs> that's very good. Yeah. That's the key. You know, there's that, that first aspect of actually listening. And then the second is like honoring what the message is, you know, so yeah. the plants. So yeah. Boring. What's the point in asking if you're not going to do it? Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Even if you're not that keen sometimes. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for joining us and and thank you all for tuning in. Thank you. And thanks so much for listening and joining us today on the Plant Spirit Podcast. 
I hope you enjoyed it and please follow to subscribe, leave a review and look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.